At the sitting of the House of Keys on the 14th of June 2022, Dr Alex Allenson, MHK for Ramsey, was given leave to introduce a private member's bill which would enable adults who are terminally ill to be provided at their request with specified assistance to end their own life. A public consultation has been launched which seeks your views and opinions on this controversial and very complex matter. Should you have the right to decide how and when you die? Or is the sanctity of life not something politicians should be interfering with? I began by asking Alex Allenson about his motivation for bringing the bill forward. It's fairly obvious, uh, to, to me anyway, that it's a, a quite an emotive topic. Uh, what's, what's your thinking, what's the reasoning behind uh, bringing forward this bit of legislation? I, I, I think you're right, it, it is emotive, particularly for people who, who've experienced a loved one or someone very close to them um, going, going through what can be a difficult death. From my point of view, I suppose my motivation is, is that I've seen family members um, dying of cancer, um, but also as a doctor I've looked after people during palliative care stages uh, and seen that really assist some people, um, but other people who haven't been helped by it and other people who, for their own personal reasons, don't want to um, take advantage of the fantastic hospice system we have here on the island. And for for them, often they feel a, a little bit alone. And I've had patients, you know, ask me, "Can I do something to help them?" You know, people say, "I've had enough, Alex. Um, I, I know I'm no, I'm dying. I don't want to carry on like this. Can you do anything for me?" I even had one patient to ask me to fill out a form for Dignitas so that she could travel to Switzerland to take advantage of what they have over there. And the answer I had to give to them was, "I can't discuss this with you." I can't actually have this conversation with you because it's illegal. Because the General Medical Council say that anything I do to advise or assist somebody to take their own life is against the rules and regulations of the medical profession. Even completing a form to help somebody travel to Switzerland could result in me being struck off the medical register. Now I can see the reasons for that and, and any system has to have safeguards for protecting people who are in a vulnerable state. But at the same time, one of the things I've really wanted throughout my career was to have that open dialogue with people. And I think currently we don't have that. We do need to talk about death a bit more. We need to make sure people have wills and advanced directives and, and power of attorneys. But we also need to appreciate that on our islands and around the world there are people who will develop terminal illness, who will get to a point where they say, I've had enough, and I'd like the choice, the opportunity, to die in a way and at a time and a place that suits me and my family. And I suppose the, the other side of this is I've also been involved in, in a couple of cases where people have taken their own life, um, where they've been facing a terminal illness and they've decided to take um, uh, acts into their own hands but they've done it completely alone without advice and without support and they've left the family behind them I'm often devastated um, and so in, in, a, in a mature democracy like ours I think there's a better way that we can handle these issues and so that's why um, I asked for leave to introduce a private members bill in June this year and why now I'm launched the consultation to see what the general public want and um, what they feel about this. So, so we can have a go. And, and if, if nothing else, at least we'll have talked about this, and, and it may help some of those people who ha have often thought that, that if they get to that stage in their life, 
they would like that choice. They would like that ability to have control and autonomy over their last hours and days. Is it possible, do you think, for the Isle of Man to go it alone with a piece of legislation like this? I, I know this is this was certainly the um, the charge that was thrown back at us um, back in two thousand and three when when this uh, this idea for legislation was first considered by the House of Keys. Do you, do you think it is possible for the Isle of Man to do something different? to the United Kingdom or indeed the Republic of Ireland? Yeah, the answer is yes. We, we would not be um, going, going alone. Around the world, over 25 jurisdictions provide a form of assisted dying. There are over 200 million people. In many Commonwealth countries like Canada, like Australia, like New Zealand, all across Europe who have this um, ability to have autonomy and choice at the time of their death, Oregon have had laws going for the last 20 years. They've had a functioning system for, you know, for the same length of time that we've been discussing this. And the discussion, as we were saying earlier, uh, um, before we started recording, you know, John Remington brought this to the, the, the floor of Timwald in 2003. And there was a committee report and huge amounts of work done, but nothing happened. This issue isn't going away. It's, it's there. And what we've seen, particularly over the last five years, is a lot of administrations, as they develop, as they look um, at some of the ethical and social issues that affect their people, changing their laws to give that personal autonomy and choice. So some of the legislation that's been brought out in Australia and New Zealand is fantastic, and it's really made a difference. I've talked to doctors who are providing this form of care in Melbourne, Australia, in Sacramento, in California who have gone into it over the last couple of years after um, several decades of working in oncology or family medicine who have found that it provides an extra aspect to the care that they can give to people who have terminal illness. And at the same time, I think the tide has changed across the British Isles. We've currently had several attempts in the House of Lords to bring in an assisted dying bill. Um, Scotland has had a consultation and they are drafting their own bill which has got cross-party support. And in Jersey, after a Citizens Forum um, reported on this, the Jersey government themselves are bringing forward legislation. And there are similar moves in the Republic. So I think now is the time to have this this discussion and and debate. And I think certainly from, from our own perspective, we have that maturity of our democracy and that autonomy to do things differently to the UK. And we've shown that countless times before. I think we can do it again. And I suppose the reason I, I asked the question wasn't so much that I didn't know the answer. Of course, we can do this. The the the, uh, the the question, though, I suppose, is more to do with the reasons, I think, that ultimately were given or, or the, the conclusion that uh, members coalesced around, which was we can't do something that wildly different in the Isle of Man to what's going on in the United Kingdom because we are dependent on governing medical governing bodies and uh, you know, for, for doctors, nurses and the like uh, who are based primarily in the United Kingdom in relation to our healthcare service. Um, so the thought of us having a separate piece of legislation that would, would work separately to what those governing bodies would be recommending in the United Kingdom um, how, how would you overcome that? I've contacted them already. So I've, I've, I've written to the General Medical Council, who deal with the registration of doctors. 
um, but also the Royal College of Nursing, and, and I'm waiting here back from the Nursing and Midwifery Council. What they've said is that they will abide with the laws of the jurisdiction that you're working in. So, for instance, assisted dying is legal in Melbourne. Now, I can get on a plane now, arrive in Melbourne with my GMC registration, we've got reciprocity. I could start practicing in Melbourne and help people with assisted dying. That wouldn't mean the GMC would strike me off, because what I'm doing in that jurisdiction is entirely legal. And so we can get round some of those issues. I think there's a much better understanding now of regulators that different places have different laws. And in fact, Jersey are working quite closely with the General Medical Council as they draft their legislation to make sure that they're satisfied with, with that. And so anything that we could do could dovetail along with those discussions. So, so no, I think those previous um, concerns um, have now been ironed out. And actually, we, we know that on the Isle of Man because we, we've had various laws that have been at odds with the United Kingdom, whether that be the death penalty that we, we still had, even though it was taken, taken away in the United Kingdom, or abortion um, laws that we didn't have, but were available in the, in the UK. So we've always had a little bit of difference, whether right or wrong. Um, but I think um, re regulators respect that difference. And, and I think if, if they understand that, that we have well-crafted legislation with the right um, precautions, the right safeguards there, they, they will accept that and allow uh, doctors, nurses, healthcare professionals, pharmacists to take part in a well-organised system that we can create for our people. So, so you're organising a, a a consultation on the principle of the bill. The bill hasn't actually been drafted as yet, has it? Or, or... no, I, I've spent the last couple of years looking at different pieces of legislation. For example, as a best practice, we have several bills that have been through the House of Lords and weren't successful, but obviously have have been seen by Westminster lawmakers and been been viewed as acceptable in terms of the human rights compliance, the, the governance there. So that creates quite a good template to work on, but also looking at, at laws from other Commonwealth countries that often mirror some of the, dra the way we draft legislation, so particularly the Australian legislation and that from New Zealand, and trying to pick out those bits that are really quite interesting. One of the benefits of being given leave to introduce a private member's bill is you get access to a drafter's time, and so I've met with one of the drafters from the Attorney General's office already, um, and we've gone through what, what a bill might look like, the, the, the broad terms of it, but the consultation is really to drill down on into um, whether those fundamental principles are, are, are valid, whether they're supported by the people, and what sort of safeguards and criteria we use. Because that's the important part of legislation, is, is that, it, that, that it actually allows you to provide, in this case, a, a service to people within the right parameters and safeguards. And what what are you expecting, I suppose, from the, the consultation? Are you expecting people to do their own research and come back with highly informed uh, deci uh, decisions on various aspects of, of, of the consultation? Or are you just asking for people's uh, gut instinct, gut feeling? Mm. For, or is it a mixer of, of everything? It, it's a bit of both. Um, what we've tried to do with the consultation is, is to have a, a, a sort of fairly targeted consultation in terms of 
you know, whether people agree with the ideas of assisted dying and once we've explained it and explained why assisted dying is different from euthanasia and what's sometimes called assisted suicide or doctor doctor um, uh, provided suicide and, and where, where those distinctions are. Um, but also open it up. There's lots of text boxes there for people to put their own comments in. And on top of that, I've already had emails from people um, in, you know, in free text explaining what their position is. So it's trying to build build that into to to an overall um, view of people's opinions. Because in the past, we've had opinion surveys, and and sometimes if you present it as a binary answer. People say yes, we'd 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 like the chance and the opportunity to, to 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 die in a way that we want, but then when you drill down to some of the intricacies about um, the criteria for it, do, would you need to be terminally ill? Um, should this be provided to people over a certain age? Should it only be provided to Isle of Man residents? Then it gets a little bit more complicated, and it's those subtleties that that are really important to determine if we're going to have legislation that suits our island. You're listening to Alex Allenson, MHK. It is it is quite complex, isn't it? And and there there are uh, you will know because you will no doubt have been contacted by them. Uh, many people on the island who um, have a very strong counter view to, to to the one that you're putting forward. Absolutely, the 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 counter arguments often are that any change in legislation is unnecessary because we already have a good palliative care system here. And it's dangerous that that it could lead to unintended consequences in terms of people who perhaps might feel that they're a burden to their families taking this this route, that it might um, be seen to devalue people with disabilities, they might take take this route. Um, and, And I completely understand people's reticence about this. But... What we're trying to do here is create a bit of legislation that gives people an option. It is not for everyone, even in those countries that have had this for for decades. The number of people taking up the option of assisted dying, those people with a terminal illness who are facing death within the next six months, is only about 5%. It's a very small number of people who take access to this. But for those individuals, this can make a huge difference um, to, to, to the way they die can make a huge difference to the comfort they have of, of having that ability. Um, so it, it's not something that everyone's going to use. But but actually, from my point of view, I suppose as a, as a medical profession, it gives that extra step in terms of what you can provide for your patient, that extra step in terms of palliative care, that when all else has failed or people don't want to take advantage of, of what's on offer from the medical profession, or it doesn't work, as it some, doesn't sometimes do, that they have a viable alternative in, in that they have the ability to die in, in a way that they choose at a time that they choose or surrounded by, by sometimes by their family. And they have that sense of control, which is very, very important for people throughout their life, but particularly when they're facing death. And end-of-life uh, situations are obviously a, very traumatic for, for both the person who's, whose life is drawing to a close, but also to the uh, family associated with that. Um, Do you understand maybe the concerns that people have that in those quite fraught emotional circumstances it could be quite easy for someone to make a decision which at some point had they lived long enough they might have then uh, lived to regret? Absolutely Uh, and one of the key fundamentals of any um, health care 
is informed consent and, and is making sure that somebody has that the, 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 the space and the time to consider all the options rather than rushing into anything. And we know that. We get people to sign forms to have operations done. Um, and, and, and then come back and are you still sure you want this operation? Are you still sure you want this treatment? It could have side effects. Exactly the same with assisted dying. Um, looking at, uh, at other countries, they often have an assessment process, so people have to come forward. Um, they have to then um, be, be found to have capacity. And obviously we've got a capacity bill going through at the moment, which is very important if we're going to set up assisted dying on the island. So people have the, the mental faculties to understand the process and understand the, the, the repercussions of this, that they're assessed by at least two doctors uh, um, who both agree that, that they are um, fitting the criteria in terms of being terminally ill. And then they have a bit of a cool-off period after that to make sure that they're, they're, they're still they're, you know, sure about their intention. And then they can always back out of this at any stage. So I think, they, again, there have been concerns that people might be coerced into doing this or, or feel pressurised into doing this, sometimes for, for, for good reasons. They don't want to be a burden to their family or these sort of things. I, I, one of the other aspects is, is to absolutely ensure that the people who take up assisted dying or consider it are aware of all the other alternatives such as palliative care, hospice at home, the, the number of treatments we can now give for pain, um, but also palliative care treatments in terms of symptom control. Um, and they're, they're aware of all of that. And then at the end of all of that process, if they're still sure that this is what they want, then they're given the, the means um, to die in a way that they that they can arrange. You mentioned there the capacity bill, which obviously deals with situations where someone loses their mental capacity and then someone is appointed to act on their behalf. Presumably, in such circumstances, someone could not then say, "I deem that this per that, that my loved one or whoever it is that's." Um, effectively appointed them as mm -hmm. the person to, to make the decisions for them um, that person wouldn't be able to say actually I think we should uh, we should um, um, allow this person to die now um, is, is, is that that presumably wouldn't be covered by this no it? it has to be a personal decision and and that puts me at odds to to, to some some other people um, for instance the the humanist um, association um, look at uh, the, 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 the right to die in slightly different ways. There are people who might feel that, well, if I develop things like dementia, I want it in my advanced directive that, that this would be provided. Um, the legislation that, that, that I'm considering wouldn't allow for that. You would have to make that conscious decision while you still have capacity. And if that capacity was questioned or in doubt, you would not be able to access assist the dying. We, we, I think it's really important we have those safeguards there from the outset. Um, because it is all about informed consent and, and an individual making the right decision for them, not somebody else thinking what, what might be for, for, for their good. And we've seen that in the past with the, the medical profession, um, trying to do what they think is the best for people in, 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 at times of, 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 of distress or, or need. You have to have that consent. I think that's you know um, inherent and essential for anything like this, or in fact any sort of other um, major healthcare. So, in terms of next steps for for you with this, I mean, obviously the consultation has been announced. How long does it run for? And then, what what are you expecting to do um, at the uh, 
the conclusion of that consultation? I mean, the consultation was was launched um, on on the first of December, runs through to the twenty sixth of January, so eight eight weeks. Um, it's available on consults.gov.im online. Um, we've also got some paper copies available from, from the, the Timwald reception as well. And I've sent out um, paper copies to all the MHKs so that people can get access to those. Um, once we have the, the results of the consultation, it will be gone through. Um, we'll get some, some uh, feedback. We'll publish that. And then dependent on that, I, I hope to be able to sit down with one of the drafters and craft the bill to bring to the House of Keys for full democratic debates. That's the, the way things sh- should be. I was given leave to introduce, but I know that quite a few members um, said to me they want further information, they want to understand the concepts more, and, and no doubt they'll be lobbying from both sides for and against a bits of legislation like this. But that, that's that's how we work on the Isle of Man. We we have the, discuss, the discussion, we have the debate about these sorts of bits of legislation, and rightly so. And um, I'm you know looking forward to to presenting my case, to presenting the results of the consultation to to fellow members of Keys, and then we'll we'll go on a journey to see how far we can go. One of the hardest things about being a minister is you not only have have you got your responsibilities as a constituency MHK also items and things that are important to you such as this uh, assisted dying bill private members bill so i think it should be made clear this is not a government bill this is no absolutely and Uh, and i got an email um, only yesterday saying is this this the 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 position of the Alamand government mm. the council ministers no this is this is me as a constituency mhk and and something that i was quite clear about in my manifesto at the last election and and the manifesto before that but but it, so it's completely devolved of of my role in in any other government capacity but one of the the problems that you face is that you've got so many competing interests and particularly in such an important role as uh, Treasury Minister mm-hmm. at the moment when there's so many financial difficulties uh, around. Uh, are you sure you're going to be able to find sufficient time to, to put into this as well as doing all the other things that you have to do? Yes. Uh, in, in essence, I mean, I've been talking about assisted dying for the last couple of years. Um, I started a d- debate during the last administration about this um, and was was cautions then that I was rushing things. Well, I've waited a couple of more years, and um, now is the time to have this discussion. Uh, I'm conscious that that I have some serious um, responsibilities in terms of Treasury Minister, to the Council of Ministers, to Tim Walden, and to the the nation. And I'm very, very serious about fulfilling those and bringing a budget early next year, dealing with all the other pressures that the government face and that our nation faces. But at the same time, I think we have to make a little bit of room now and again for important bits of social legislation above and beyond what government would normally provide. And this is one that, that I'm absolutely committed to and, and committed to, to do my best to explain to the people of the Isle to explain to their um, vote elected representatives and to then see how we can progress a bit of legislation to provide this service to the people of the Isle That was Alex Allenson, MHK. In May 2021, Ireland Global Research carried out an opinion survey on views about end-of-life issues on behalf of Dignity in Dying, who advocate for assisted dying. 
In the Isle of Man, 65% of residents strongly support a change in our law to allow mentally competent terminally ill residents aged 18 years and over the option of seeking assistance in their death. Just 12% strongly opposed or somewhat opposed such legislative change. On further questioning, 48% of people when asked believed it of high importance that a law change was debated during this political term. This is though a highly emotive topic and the law would of course be used at a time when families would be going through significant emotional turmoil as they approach the end of their life or the end of a life of a much-loved family member. Laws on assisted dying have been operating in many parts of the world, but concerns inevitably remain both from the medical professionals and members of the public concerned that they may be coerced into ending their lives. There does seem to be significant public support for the introduction of such legislation, but also a strong voice of opposition to it, which we will hear on future programmes. Let me know your thoughts on the programme by contacting philgorn at manxradio.com and get in touch if you have any ideas for future shows. I'm Phil Gorn, Gorramayo, thanks for listening.